0: squirrel will say something about it. yeah he will he will decidedly christian distinctly biblical and just a little bit nuts this is squirrel chatter and welcome to the piney woods ladies and gentlemen i am your squirrel the host coming to you from the arn studios High atop the tallest tree in the piney woods, it's 2023. Welcome back. We've got a new year and a new season of squirrel chatter. It's good to be with you. I've missed being here every morning. Um, It's good to be back. I dressed up for the occasion, as you can tell. Um, So yeah, good to be with you. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for those of you who were with us all of last year and uh, as I was... Preparing for today's episode, I was looking at our 2022 checklist. Let's, let me angle it so the sun's not on it, and you can see all of those check marks for all 52 weeks because we read through the entire Bible in the Legacy Standard Bible translation on Squirrel Chatter last year. And uh, we're not going to do that again this year. So let me explain Squirrel Chatter. First off, it is a uh, podcast that is dedicated primarily to the public reading and exposition of Scripture. And secondarily to my thoughts on various topics of the day, and we are a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community, you can head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org, check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there, you are certain to find something worth listening to. Um... There's over 50 podcasts, and I can't keep track of them anymore because they keep adding some, ever-growing network of doctrinally solid podcasts. Now, Squirrel Chatter live streams every morning on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, and when I say every morning, generally Monday through Friday at 7.30 Mountain Time, we're here. Now, having said that, we've been gone for two weeks because I took the 12 days of Christmas off, which ended on Friday with Twelfth Night or Epiphany or the Orthodox Christmas celebration. Um, and I appreciate you allowing me to take some time off. Yes, I still have my Christmas tree up. I was going to get that taken down over the weekend, but Saturday I had a a trip to... Uh, to Noxon with the basketball teams it was a queen clean sweep both the boys and girls junior varsity and varsity bobcat teams defeated the Noxon Red Devils so that was a fun trip it's always fun to drive the happy bus home with victorious teams all around so yes i had all the i had both the boys and the girls teams on the bus we went up to Noxon, uh, four games. Noxon's a fairly long drive. We went up to Noxon, we had four games. We won all four of them and then we came home. So we, we left at like 10 a.m. on Saturday morning and got home 10, 10, Saturday night. Um, makes for a long day, but a fun day. But that being said, I didn't get the tree changed. I thought about doing it yesterday after church, but quite frankly, after Saturday, I was tired. I got home after church and I sat here at my desk, puttered a little bit on the notes for today's podcast and watched football. (laughs) So that was a good way to spend the afternoon. Um, I had intended on watching last night's uh, Grace Church uh, service because Joel Beakey was preaching. And then I forgot about it because I was watching the Packers-Lions game, which was actually a very good football game. Mm. Uh, I thought both teams played well. I know there are people who disagree with me, but I thought both teams played well, and I enjoyed the game. Um, And I was happy with the outcome. Don't tell certain friends of mine. But I've always been kind of a Detroit Lion fan. Um, I, it's not one of my teams, quote-unquote, but I've always kind of been a Detroit Lions fan. So I was happy to see them win last night. Um, was kind of bittersweet at the end, um, thinking about was this Aaron Rodgers' last football game as a professional athlete. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that he would be retiring at the end of this year. He's been injured most of the year. Um very early in the season he broke the thumb on his throwing hand and so he's been playing in pain because he's been throwing the ball with a broken thumb and uh, trying to get that healed up while at the same time using it and that's not the way to heal a broken bone (laughs) the way to heal a broken bone is not to use the 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 limb that contains that bone until the bone is healed Having had a few bo- broken bones in my day, I am well aware of that. So that was kinda, kind of kind uh, of bittersweet. But uh, I was happy to see the Lions win. Um, sorry they didn't make the playoffs. That was determined by other events of the day. Um, the fact that it came down to the last day of the regular season to determine playoff births for some of these teams was was kind of impressive but now we're into uh into the playoffs and heading toward the super bowl and and uh, i'm looking forward to that um don't know who's going to be in it not going to make any predictions i i just know that my falcons aren't even in the running so i really don't have a well seattle's in it that would be fun um, San Francisco's in it. They, they're looking dominant. Philadelphia has been dominant all year. You know, it's just, it's going to be a good playoff. Of course, the, the Chiefs, as always, are, are a force to contend with. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a good playoff game, Well, or a good playoff season. We'll enjoy the next few weeks of football as the season winds down. And then we can have a few weeks to relax um, because Baseball Springs training starts in eight, nine weeks. <laughs> We're almost there. That's going to start late February, early March. So, yeah, we can. Uh, that's Yeah, baseball's coming. almost Almost baseball's coming. And winter, we hope, will pass away very soon. And uh, the snow will all melt and we can get back to spring and enjoying nice weather and outdoor activities that don't involve snow shovels or walking like a penguin to keep from falling down. We were thinking about that yesterday as we were, we got to the church parking lot for church. It was like, avoid that part, swing around this way, walking from the car into the building because there's been, we've had, uh, what happens this time of year in our neck of the woods is it very rarely stays below freezing every day. So we'll get snow and it'll be below freezing for, you know, a few days. Um, We've already had one Arctic cold snap. We had about a week of below zero temperatures, but that's unusual. Most of the time, we have lows in the teens and twenties, and highs in the thirties. Usually, gets above freezing, so you get a lot of melt and refreeze. Melt and refreeze is the recipe for sheets of ice, and it gets hard to uh, to keep up with. Um, it was clear that deicer had been scattered in the parking lot, and uh, the ice was breaking off, but there were sections that just did not look safe to cross. (laughs) I'll just put it that way. Um, Nobody fell down, (laughs) as far as I know, nobody fell down or was injured in the parking lot yesterday, but this is just part of living in a place with winter and we're all basically used to it, whether we want to be or not. All right, Squirrel Chatter, season 2023 begins today. We are, as I said, we live stream on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, and the audio podcast is available wherever you download podcasts. And I started to say, I don't believe I said, there will not be squirrel chatter tomorrow. I have a bus trip that leaves at 6.45 tomorrow morning from the school, and I'll be gone all day. And rather than pre-record an episode, since we are, we, we don't have a reading schedule to keep to, um, I am probably not going to pre-record episodes when I'm not going to be here. We will just have days when we do not have a squirrel chatter. Um, that just makes it easier for me. I will let you know when those days are, um, Unless of course I wake up sick or something and and just can't function, uh, but even then I'll put out a post on social media, so you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Gitter Gab uh, Truth Social. Where else am I? Uh, if it's a social media platform, you probably find me, um, and usually I go by Shinar Squirrel. So you can search for Shinar Squirrel, you can search for Gene Klyat, you will find me on these platforms. And I welcome you to do so, and I'm on multiple platforms because I expect to be kicked off some of them at some point. <laughs> um, just to, you know, that's, that's why I don't live stream on YouTube anymore. I received notice from YouTube that I was speaking about things in a way that was not approved by Google. So I'm no longer on YouTube, but we are on other places. And like I said, I stream live on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Mm. And so you can find us there and wherever you get your podcasts. You can download Squirrel Chatter from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Tune in, Spotify. Um, we're 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 all over the place. So just search for Scroll Chatter, and you will find us. And again, you can find us at the Christian Podcast Community, also at ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. So last year we read through the Bible, read through the entire Bible, and I thought it was very beneficial. Now I'm reading through the Bible again this year, but I'm not doing it out loud on the podcast. Um, What we are going to do on the podcast this year, and I think I mentioned it a couple of times last year, was one of the frustrations that I had of just reading the Bible on the podcast. One of the frustrations I had was not commenting on it. So I would read passages of the Bible, and I would read right past really interesting things that I really wanted to say something about, but that wasn't what we were doing. Um, And so this year, that's what we're going to do. We are going to go through books of the Bible in a systematic way. At a pace of typically a chapter, an episode, um, sometimes less, I don't think we'll ever do more than a chapter, an episode, but sometimes we'll do less than a chapter, an episode. Excuse me. But we're going to go through chapters of the Bible and we're going to try to, excuse me, try to get a, what I'm calling a study Bible sense of the meaning of the passage. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, I'm not doing a huge in-depth exegesis of a passage. I'm not going to preach through books of the Bible in that sense. We're not even going to do a really in-depth Bible study We're going to be, as I said, study Bible level, come to a basic understanding of the passages. And that's what we're going to do on Squirrel Chatter. We are going to begin with the book of Deuteronomy. And today is going to be an introduction to Deuteronomy and chapter 1. And after today, you'll have an idea of kind of the level of exegesis that I'm going to be doing on the show. Um, And then we're still going to have our regular features like Monday meandering, which has basically already started because we've talked about football. We've talked about basketball trips. We've talked (laughs) about all sorts of things. Um, So, you know, Monday meanderings are going to take place. And then the Thursdays, we're going to do Theology Thursday. We are going to get back into our walkthrough of the uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, um, which at a chapter a week, or at a paragraph a week, I don't think we'll finish that this year. I'm not sure how many paragraphs are in the London Baptist Confession of Faith. And I'd have to go back and look at my notes and see where we've gotten to Um and where we'll be picking up at the next uh, next episode this Thursday. Um, hey, I took two weeks off, and I'm I'm still not quite back to it yet. Um, so the the uh, uh, theology Thursdays will be taking place, in addition to going through a chapter of the Bible, and we are also going to be doing Federalist Fridays on Friday, where we're going to return to the Federalist Papers. And uh, just to let you know what we're doing there, we're going through the Federalist Papers, just reading them. Um, Last year we read through the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and now we are reading through the Federalist Papers. When we're done with the Federalist Papers, We are going to go back through the Constitution, applying what we have learned from the Federalist Papers to come to an understanding of the Constitution. Now, why are we doing this? I should save this for Friday to reintroduce the subject, but I'll just say a a few things here. And basically, the, the reason we're doing this is the Constitution is no longer being taught in the civics classes and government classes in our junior highs and high schools. When I was in junior high in the 8th grade, we had what we used to call civics. And that was a class where we went through civics. We went through government. We went through it was a it was a a, a look at The government of the United States. Now, at the time, I didn't know it. I found out since then that my teacher in the eighth grade was a flaming liberal. Um, And I can see it now, but when you're, you know, 12, you don't notice. And um, the only reason I know he was a flaming liberal is we later reconnected on Facebook and became friends on Facebook. And he became so frustrated with me that he blocked me. (laughs) Now, understand, this is my philosophy on social media. If you post something on your page that I disagree with, it is very unlikely that I'm going to comment on it. It's your Facebook page. Most of my friends, I know their views. I have friends that are not Christians. I have friends that are not in my political bent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I can scroll right on past your page, you know, the page of somebody who posts some transgender thing or whatnot. That's fine. I'll scroll right by. I know there are people in the world who disagree with me and we may have other things in common where we can be friends. You know, we're fans of the same football team, or the same basketball team, or we went to school together, or or, you know, we're we're fans of history, or fans of cars, or something. You know, uh, that we can we can talk about without having to you know get into our political disagreements or religious disagreements. And so, when somebody whom I disagree with posts something that I disagree with. I generally scroll on by. I'm not going to say that I have never ever commented, but I tend to avoid it and I do so intentionally. But if I post something on my wall and someone who disagrees with me comments on what I have posted on my wall, then I will engage in debate and so that has been my policy for a long time and that was what happened with my junior high civics teacher um, we were friends on facebook and you know which was fine because i liked the guy and i, I thought he was a, a good teacher it was a fun class i enjoyed the class i enjoyed he was my homeroom teacher as well as my civics teacher junior high history in civics. And, and of course, I am massively uh, a historian. Uh, that's that's a huge area of interest for me. So, you know, I got along with him. But like I said, I did not know at the time what a liberal he was. And when we connected on Facebook, oh, gosh, this is pre-Trump. Um, I think it would have been during the Obama era, um, but I would post things on my wall and he would come and argue with me um, on my wall and I would post my reasonings, explain myself, defend my position, you know, um, from scripture, from history, from the constitution, you know, from, you know, this is, you know, <laughs> quote Edmund Burke, you know, it was, you know, typical conversation stuff. Well, I could tell that he was getting more and more frustrated by this, just by his language and by his uh, demeanor uh, in what he was writing. And uh, then finally one day he just blocked me. So, I mean... Uh, it was it was the sort of thing that you know he was coming on my wall and arguing with me on my facebook page so it was not I, I i was not seeking out these arguments um i was content to allow him to disagree with me um but he was seeking out these arguments um and so finally he unfriended me which is typically what happens with liberals who desire to argue. Um, I've noticed that over the years, whether they're political liberals or theological liberals, when they start to argue with someone who disagrees with them, who argues back, they exit the conversation because they cannot defend their positions. Um, they can't defend their positions logically or morally, and so that's that's typically what happens. Um, but that was what happened there, and I have no idea how I got into into that. Um, oh, I was talking about junior high civics. So junior high civics, we would you know, we we read the Constitution. Then, as a senior in high school, had to take U.S. government. We read the Constitution and the Federalist Papers. And these things are no longer being taught because our public education system is no longer truly an educational system. It's an indoctrination system. Um, Information is not being provided and instruction on how to think is not being provided. Instead, what to think is being provided. And we've talked about the dumbing down of education in America, and it's absolutely true. And we've seen it again and again and again. Um, and, and it's something to, to make us weep. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's why we're doing Federalist Fridays. Um, because, you know, perhaps... You're one of the ones who's never read the Constitution. Perhaps you're one of the ones who has never read the Federalist Papers. And if you came out of a public school environment, I'm not surprised. And I don't put that blame on you. I put that blame on um, not even on the educational system, but on those who run the educational system and the citizens who vote for them. Um, One of the things that. A friend down in in Houston, Dan Phillips, pastor's down there. And he has been harping on for a long time that one of the biggest problems with the um, political situation that America finds itself in is not the politicians who are being elected. It's the people who elect them. Because unless... We change the voter base. Unless we instruct the people, they're going to keep voting for the ones who promised them the moon. It's the, the, you know, it's the old thing about, you know, the mouse doesn't know why the cheese is free. And that's the problem with socialism. The people don't understand why the liberals want to give them material things. Um, Frankly, they won't get the things that are promised. And the things that are promised aren't what they need. And eventually, it turns out that, you know, they're, you know, well, we'll talk about that later. All right, that's Friday, Federalist Fridays. Thursday, Theology Thursdays, Friday, Federalist Fridays, today, Monday, meandering, and I am meandering way too much. I think uh, possibly we've got two weeks of pent-up podcasts coming out all in a rush. All right, well, let's begin as is our practice with the Prayer of Confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. It is always good to begin the day coming before God and confessing our sin and asking for his pardon. Let us pray. according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, as I said, we're beginning our look at the scriptures this year with the book of Deuteronomy. Why Deuteronomy? (laughs) Well, First, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy more than any other book, except for the Psalms. Um, the New Testament quotes, so this is not just the quotes that, that of Jesus, but the quotes of the apostles in the later writings. The, the number one book quoted in the Scriptures in the New Testament is the Psalms. Second is Isaiah. And third is Deuteronomy. But Jesus quotes Deuteronomy more than Isaiah. Although he does quote from Isaiah. And I'll just give you a heads up right now. Isaiah is going to be the second book we go through. Um, Not doing these in chronological order, but I think uh, we're going to... I'm kind of looking at doing them in order uh, in which they are quoted in the New Testament um, with some exceptions, because we're actually going to go through some New Testament books too. But I want to do Deuteronomy and Isaiah because in many ways, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy and Isaiah and Deuteronomy especially are the Romans of the Old Testament. When we read the New Testament, the book of Romans stands apart um, as the closest thing to a systematic theology that we find in the New Testament. Deuteronomy fills that same role in the Old Testament in many respects. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus quoted from it as much as he did. Because it, from Deuteronomy, he was able to back up his teaching with Scripture. Um, because you know Deuteronomy is, as I said, that that important. You know, just to give you some ideas. In Matthew four four, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy eight three. And I thought about looking at all of these, but we really are trying to keep this brief, and I've already been going for half an hour. Matthew four seven, he quotes from Deuteronomy six sixteen. Matthew 4.10, he quotes from Deuteronomy 6.13 and Deuteronomy 10.20. Matthew 5.21, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 5.17. Matthew 5.27, he quotes from Deuteronomy 5.18. In Matthew 5.31, he quotes from Deuteronomy 24.1. Matthew 5.38, he quotes from Deuteronomy 19.21. In Matthew fifteen verse four, he quotes from Deuteronomy five sixteen. In Matthew eighteen sixteen, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy nineteen fifteen. In Matthew nineteen seven, our Lord quotes from Deuteronomy twenty four one. Matthew twenty two twenty four, he quotes from Deuteronomy twenty five five. In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, he quotes from Deuteronomy six, five. That's just one gospel. We also have uh, one, two, three, four times in Mark, the shortest gospel, when he quotes from Deuteronomy, and one, two, three, four, five times from Luke. So Matthew definitely has the the bulk of the quotes of Deuteronomy, but uh, that makes sense because Matthew is probably the most Jewish of the gospels. So the emphasis on the law of Moses is definitely found in Matthew. So that's why we're looking at Deuteronomy. So what is the book of Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy means second law. Um, Not the best title for the book, probably. Um, I think we're stuck with it. It's been around for centuries. Um, But it's not a second law it doesn't replace Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It completes them. Um, It's not a new law. It's a reciting of the law. So it's not a second law as much as it is a second telling of the law. Now, the reason there's a second telling of the law is that Deuteronomy is given at the end of Moses' life, before, right before his death, and right before the Israelites, now led by Joshua, crossed the Jordan and began the conquest of the Promised Land. And the, the, the generation that is entering the Promised Land is not the same generation that left Egypt. Remember, they had they had left Egypt. We'll get into this in chapter 1. They had left Egypt. Um, and they had gone to the Promised Land after stopping at Mount Sinai and getting the, the Ten Commandments and the law. They get to the Promised Land and they chickened out. And they rebelled against God. And so God said, none of you will enter the Promised Land. You're going to spend the time in the wilderness until this entire generation dies off. Now, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, the children didn't have to die off. It was the adults, um, those who were making the decisions. And I'm not sure at what point they draw that line. It might be, it might be in my studies, but I haven't come across it yet. You know, what age was allowed to, you know, go through the wilderness wandering and enter, let's say it was 10. We know that the bar mitzvah typically takes place at 13, and it's at that point that um, a, a Jewish male is considered a man, an adult. So let's just say that it was everybody 12 and younger who didn't have to die off in the wilderness. Now, we know there's some exceptions, Joshua and Caleb being the exceptions. They were, because they were faithful, they were allowed to enter into the promised land. But even Moses wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. And Deuteronomy will talk about that. So when we get to there, we'll talk about that. So this is not the generation that left Egypt in the Exodus. This is the generation following them. So they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. So the oldest of these people who are about to enter into the Promised Land, as I said with the exception of Caleb and Joshua, the oldest of them is going to be 52, 53 years old, maybe as old as 55 if if we allow up to 15. You know, like I said, I don't know the age where that line was drawn and it might be in the scriptures somewhere, but I, I, it's not something that I've stuck in my mind and memorized and it didn't, it, like I said, I didn't come across it in my preparation for this morning, but so these are not the, you know, the, the oldest of them were children when they left Egypt. So this is not the generation that experienced the exodus this is not the generation that experienced the time at Mount Sinai when the Ten Commandments was given. This is not the generation that witnessed God's wrath on Israel because of the golden calf. This is not the generation that witnessed God's wrath on um, Korah and and the rebellion that he led. So, you know, this is a, a, the next generation. So... Moses is reminding them of the things that they did not witness. And that is what Deuteronomy is. It's, it's, it's actually speeches by Moses. Now there's, there's disagreement as to how many speeches there are, or sermons if you want. How many times did Moses address the Israelites in this time that is recorded for us in Deuteronomy. The, the timescale of Deuteronomy is about a month long. Um, it's not, you know, this is not, it, it, it takes place, the, these lectures, these addresses, these sermons take place over a period of about a month and scholars are in di- a disagreement about how many actual talks are recorded here and it depends on on you know where you try to identify a new talk um there are some people that every topic change is a new address by Moses and so they come up as many with as many as 5 or 6 different addresses there are some specific places where it says, and Moses stood up and told the people. And I believe there are two of them. And so those who say, okay, these are the two places that it's identified that Moses stood up and talked, they would say there are two addresses. So there, there could be as few as two, there's at least two. There could be as many as five or six that are recorded for us in the book of deuteronomy now deuteronomy clearly says that moses wrote them down um, but whether he you know wrote down the, the the whole concept and this is something that that bugs modern people the whole concept of quote unquote exact quotes didn't exist in the old testament a lot of what we see in Scripture, where our modern translators have put something in quotes, there there are no quotes in Hebrew. There are no quotes in Greek. So in the Old and New Testament, we don't always have, you know, this is exactly what he said. What we have is, this is what he said. These may not be the exact words he used, but this is what he said. And again, we know that this was inspired by the Holy Spirit. We can we can trust it. It's exactly what God intended to say to us in it. But we don't have exact quotes. We don't have modern journalistic standards that can be applied. You know, um, one thing we can be. Trustworthy on is the fact that because this is inspired by God, we're not looking at, you know, uh, quotes taken out of context for the purpose of misleading someone, as uh, often happens these days. I think I remember mentioning before watching the 1996 Olympics. And when I watched the nineteen ninety-six Olympics, a week before the Olympics started was when I broke my ankle. As I got run over by a forklift at work, I do not recommend it. Not a good idea. The forklift always wins. Um, so I had a broken ankle. And so I'm they actually didn't cast it. I was in a leg brace. One of those one of those Velcro boot things. And uh Summer. It's hot, um, and so I spent that summer and fall basically sitting in a recliner, letting my leg heal, and I watched all of, and I mean all of, the 1996 Olympics, the one, the Summer Olympics in Atlanta, and I was watching the early morning coverage. I watched the primetime coverage. I watched the daytime coverage. I watched the late night coverage. I mean, I was just, I was sitting in that recliner and, uh, you know, I'd go to bed and I'd wake up the next morning and watch the Olympics. Um, But one of the things that happened was the Oklahoma City, or not the Oklahoma City bombing, the Atlanta Park bombing, which happened during the Olympics at the Olympic Park in Atlanta. And I was watching live when it took place and they were interviewing, I believe, a swimmer. It's a girl swimmer. I remember watching, I'm watching the interview and you hear the explosion and everybody turns their head and looks down the street. And I don't remember the name of the athlete, dark hair, pretty girl, but I, I don't remember her name. But I remember, I think she was a swimmer. And, and they were interviewing her when the bombing took place. So I watched all of the coverage on the bombing. Now, if you remember, the um, person who spotted the package, the, the, this backpack or duffel bag or whatever it was that was left in the park, he spotted this mysterious unattended package and did exactly what he had been trained to do as a security guard named Richard Jewell and I he is responsible for saving countless lives because he got as I mean, he obviously called it in to get the bomb squad there, but he got as many people away from that package as he could and had he not done that, many more people would have been injured or killed. So he was, by any definition, a hero. And so in the very early coverage of the bombing, he is being lauded by the media. And included in the lauding of him is interviews with his friends and neighbors, talking about what a great guy he was and you know all this, that, and the other thing. Well, at some point, and this is within just a few days, um, the FBI decided that he was a subject, a suspect, that, you know, possibly he had set the bomb with the intent of, quote unquote, finding it and saving a bunch of people and becoming a hero. And so they were looking into that. Well, that got leaked to the press. Um, Quite honestly, it's a legitimate line of inquiry. Um, It's something, you know, I mean, we've had, just in our area around here, we have had firefighters set forest fires. Not so much for the purpose of becoming heroes, but because they make a lot of money fighting fires. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's happened, and and firefighters, you know, firemen have been, you know, seen to be arsonists. I mean, these things happen. You know, that's the whole plot of the the movie Backdraft, is that a fireman is an, is the arsonist. Sorry, if you haven't seen it, I just gave away the plot. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. Postum or uh, post spoiler. Uh, notification. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. It's a 30-year-old movie. If you haven't seen it, is it 30 years old? Is it older? We're having that discussion this week. Things that seem just a few years old are now much, much older. Um, so, yeah. I was driving the, the I, uh, um, driving the bus on Saturday. And I... Driving the bus on Saturday and got to uh you know where I was going and I was watching the kids getting off the bus and all of a sudden it occurred to me because I have been driving bus for the district for as long as I have been this year's seniors those who are going to graduate in June they were in the first grade when I started driving bus um so that that's just one of those wow moments. So that's the you know. So what a, anyway? Back to Richard Jewell. He uh, was being investigated by the by the FBI, and he um. This got leaked to the press, and so the press has start started running with it. This was not something that ever should have gotten into the media. They start reporting on it. And I'm watching all this because I'm watching everything. I'm stuck in the, in the recliner with my foot up in a boot. And, you know, it, that, that, that was my job. Heal and watch the Olympics. And so I'm watching all of this coverage. And I'm watching, and it's the same interviews of his friends and neighbors that were used previously when he was being touted as a hero, the same interviews were re-edited and played again to show what a kook he was and how, you know, he, he, he likely could have been the bomber. That turned out, I mean, because we're telling the story, you know, this story should never be told without pointing out the fact that Richard Jewell had nothing to do with the bombing. Richard Jewell, who's now deceased, um, was the hero who saved a lot of lives. He was the hero. He was not the villain. Um... Basically, they destroyed his life because it was weeks of Richard Jewell was the bomber on the news. Um, and he became infamous, and it was not a good thing because he, he was not involved other than finding the package and getting people away from it and saving lives. Um, and was it last year or the year before, somebody came out with a movie about him, which I have yet to watch. Um, But it tells the true story of the fact that, you know, here was a guy who saved a bunch of lives who was then made out in the press to be a villain and his life was destroyed. Because even, even after it came out that he didn't do it, you know, it's... Once you say something, you can't unsay it. And there were a lot of people who you know, didn't follow the story, certainly not as closely as I did, because they weren't stuck at home with a broken ankle. Um, There were a lot of people who, they heard he was guilty of something. They never really understood what, and they never really understood that he wasn't, in fact, guilty. And so they had, you know, Richard Jewell, wasn't he involved in that bombing in Atlanta? And it hurt him in his... You know, it hurt him socially. It hurt him economically. Um, I I think he ended up. I'm not sure. I think he may have ended up uh, victorious in some lawsuits against some of the media, um, which would be a good thing. But it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of multi-million dollar settlements that uh, more modern people like the the. Covington Cross kids or uh, Kyle Rittenhouse received. But, uh, you know, it. it's an interesting story, something to look back on. So, we don't have exact quotes in the Scripture, but we don't have to worry about the quotes we have being twisted. So, we may not have the exact words, because like I said, there are no quotes in Hebrew or in um, Greek. So we may not have exact words. That was not a concept that they really had at the time. But we do have what was said. But because we don't have exact quotes, we're not sure of exactly how many times Moses addressed the people and, you know, when he wrote down the book of Deuteronomy, did he actually condense what he said? Um, you know, think about that. It's, it's uh, if you've ever read, let's just use John MacArthur as an example. John MacArthur's books are based off of his sermons. He doesn't. Typically, write books. Now there are some that he has written a book, but most of the time his books are drawn from his sermons. And so when you read his books and you set beside the book the transcript of the sermon you will see that he actually said a lot more from the pulpit than ends up in the book. But the book contains what he said. And so when Moses wrote Deuteronomy, did he write down every word that he spoke or did he just write down what he said? If you see the difference. So we don't know, like I said, it's as few as two two addresses or as many as five. And that depends on who you talk to. And it is 8.30 almost. So I'm going to actually address chapter one on Wednesday because I have run on way too long. So gosh, my work's already done for Wednesday, which I appreciate so I can get busy on Thursday. <laughs> and we won't be here tomorrow. As I said, I'm going to be driving a, uh, a, a trip into Missoula. i got the Business Professionals of America going to a regional competition. That's an all-day deal. I think we, we, we are leaving at 645. I think it starts at 830. We'll be at Missoula College because uh, the, the university system is still on winter break they don't come back until a couple of weeks now. So it's an all day deal. I'll have my books with me. I'll have notebook with me. I will be working on notes for the podcast for the coming days and weeks, but I've given you an idea of where we're going and what we're going to do. Um, and, uh, I haven't said anything uh, that I had written down for Monday meandering about the the selection of a new Speaker of the House and what it means that the Republicans control the House of Representatives, but not the Senate and not the White House. Um, I've got a lot of notes on all of that stuff that uh, we're just not going to talk about today because we've gone almost an hour. And so... I don't want to do that. So we will end with the Apostles' Creed and the Collect for Peace. And then I will sign off and wish you the very best of Mondays. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, folks. Best of Mondays to you. Once again, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming back for a new season of of uh, Squirrel Chatter. That's the name of the show. Thanks for coming back for a new season of Squirrel Chatter. It's good to be back, and I will see you again on Wednesday. Remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you Wednesday. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Take care,